no intro music. Oh well, we're gonna roll it anyways. Episode 1, Things Beyond Sound. Alright, here we are. We are here. Yeah, episode 1. Welcome Attila. This is Attila Mueller from the band Arcanaut. He's a drummer. Oh, thanks a lot, bro. Happy How's it going? Here. It's going great. Kinda. Kinda. What's going on? <laughs> I miss playing, man. Oh yeah, yeah. You haven't been playing for a while. It's uh, it's been pretty crazy. Yeah, yeah. It's a uh, definitely no secret that uh, the COVID stuff made a big haymaker on the music scene. So it's been tough for everyone in the music scene. Yeah, that that's definitely for sure. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, how long has it been since you played? <laughs> oh man, almost almost a year, I think. Almost a year. Yeah. Dude, we got to get you set up in this living room. We do. We do. I mean, it's set up for this podcast right now, sure, but I mean, <laughs> we could definitely move all these couches over to the walls. Fuck it. We'll just set up the drum set in the middle. Just have Luis and, and Dan come over. Yeah. Yeah, man. Um, get Steven, Art. We'll just set up and, and do our own set. We'll record it or something. <laughs> that, that sounds like a winner to me, man. Can't Can't let the thing... Can't let the man keep us down. The man. The man. Yeah. The man is just a whole bunch of people who who don't wanna don't wanna keep the scene alive. No, <laughs> yeah, because they don't care. They act like they do, but they don't. You know that's why they're the man, and we got to stick it to them. Yeah, stick it to them by uh, you know, keep going. With high but... voltage rock, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> high voltage rock. <laughs> yep. Yep. So are you um you gonna do anything else? Like uh you gonna start looking looking to drum like be a professional drummer elsewhere? Like uh, I don't Man. know, you could you could play for another band or do studio drumming. Shit, there's plenty of studio drumming opportunities. You know, I've been giving that some thought for sure. Uh for studio drumming at least, uh I would need to, you know, shake off some more rust from from this not playing because I'm the type of guy where I don't think I'm ever good enough or professional enough, but I think that's what drives me to just keep practicing, grinding the axe against the whetstone, you know? But right. uh, I've definitely thought about how cool it could be to 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 play in, like, a new project or something. So I've been giving that a lot of thought, especially with all the inactivity as of late. Yeah, I mean, it It wouldn't be hard to get in touch with somebody. I mean, there's a lot of people who are trying to write right now, so you could just show up to, hey, man, I could I could lay down some drums for you. You know, just... And honestly, all you have to do is show up and maybe just tell them to put your name on the copyright for the drums. Right, um, yeah, like, hey, you know... <laughs> hey, man, all you need is a one-hit wonder, right? <laughs> yeah. If you're the drummer on a one-hit wonder, you're gonna live comfortably forever. Just one, like, <laughs> one, one sick beat can change the world, man. Yeah, seriously. Like, imagine the guy <laughs> yeah. who played drums in uh, My Sharona. Wow, My Sharona. Like, like I don't even know who that is, but that that was a one-hit wonder band, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, one-hit wonder for sure. And anybody who played in that band for that song, like, they won. It won the music scene. Hey. Yeah, that, that's the that's the beautiful thing about music is like all it takes is one track, 
all the rest of your discography, the every single track after could be mediocre, but you'll forever be remembered for that one track. Unfortunately, that's not how it really is in metal. Yeah, in metal, not in metal. You need like yeah. an album at least. You need you need like some really good, solid, like an era of solid music. You have to keep people for a while in metal. Yeah. I don't know what it is. Yeah, I, there's no yeah. one hit wonders for metal. Like, no, you're you're definitely maybe right. Classical, classic metal, but even then, like that's more like hair metal. There's hair metal one hit wonders. Yeah, you know, it, the one-hit wonder thing is more uh, akin to, like, the pop music. You know, whatever music is the most popular, because, you know, it just takes takes one song to to do that kind of thing. And metal, people have, I assume they have finer tastes, and so they want more than just one song. They want a lot of something that most of the world doesn't really listen to, you know. Yeah, I think, well, I don't know. There's a lot going on in metal, usually. And people, I've noticed people who listen to that, usually they're more picky. They're more yeah. like, they they like to stick to their, their genre or their clique more often. And it's it's kind of hard. Like, people who like certain metals of, genres of metal, they don't usually stray to other genres very easily. Yeah, it's really ironic because... People that listen to metal, they you know they they listen to metal, uh, and they they want it to be different. But at the same time, they don't want to listen to, they don't want to branch out from what they're comfortable with. You know, when when I was in in high school, growing up with my uh, crowd of metal friends, you know, they would like always talk shit about you know deathcore or slam or or zeros or chugs and think oh that's not metal you know that's fucking shit but you know i've come to acquire a a wide array of of tastes for metal you know it's like there's gems in all kinds of genres of subgenres of metal (laughs) yeah you're more patient than me i uh i don't know i'm one of those people who are really picky but i gotta i gotta get past that break out of it right because you're like it's it's Opeth or, or nothing, right? No. <laughs> no, no. Black Dahlia murder. That's, yeah, that's a Black Dahlia yeah, murder. They're coming yeah. soon. That'd be cool to go see. Oh, yeah, them. they got a headline tour coming up. I don't, I don't really know a lot of the other bands. Though. I think After the Burial is... is After the uh, Burial is... Co-headlining. I like them, yeah. Yeah, they are co-headlining. Yeah, I don't really know a lot of them. But I think... Uh, I don't know, are they like the same style as Black Dahlia? Or no, no um, totally different, huh? Yeah, yeah, they're they're a little bit different. Yeah, that's so weird. That's it's hard in in metal, especially to have a lineup that's all like similar. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> Most more... of the bigger bands, they're all like they all sound unique, so it's hard yeah. to like pin them together because they don't sound the same at all. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, look at look at uh, the last time Slipknot was was headlining, they had. They had Volbeat as the the co-head, uh, <laughs> co-headline. Uh, not even close. Not even close. Right, yeah, like not even in the same stadium, but when it comes to rock and metal, you know, I guess you, you need to put everything together to just get as many people to go, you know? Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah. It's just like, let's, let's see how many people we can get in this one place. <laughs> They're all going to pay to be here, so, you know, cha-ching. Right, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you know, so it can't 
can't really knock that strategy a whole lot, but you know what I really miss? I miss I miss shows where it's just one band. One band. And I think it was in April of 2012 or 2013, me and a bunch of friends, we saw Amon Amarth at the Nile Theater. And it was just an Amon Amarth headline. There was no openers, no co-headline. It was just Amon Amarth. Wow, really? Yeah. How did I miss that? I don't know. That's like one of my favorites. I missed it somehow. I must have been fucking working or some shit. Yeah. Uh, I don't even think we we knew each other at the time either. Otherwise, I would have told you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably. But know, like, how, long, how long have we been hanging out? How long have I known you? Since, uh, I think almost about two, two or three years now. Because I didn't meet you until I joined up with the Arcanaut boys. Yeah, yeah. I, think, I think we hooked up with Arcanaut around the same time. Yeah, I was I wasn't in for very long. Okay. Yeah, so like probably like three years now. Yeah. We went on some crazy ass adventures too. <laughs> yeah. Going to California and Texas, like not quite tours, but you know, like why not? Let's go play a show <laughs> way the yeah. fuck out there for no reason. <laughs> oh man, yeah. Like... There was no direction. Oh, well, it was fun, though. <laughs> oh, it was super fun. But I think some of us are just in that mindset of, like, of like the, the older tactics where, you know, you grow your following by just playing as many shows as possible. But yeah, obviously the game has changed. I mean, you don't have to do that anymore. So people no. aren't looking for that tactic anymore. So people, yeah. the way people are, like, finding musicians or going online and finding out who has more followers and you know that's i feel like that's a dangerous game to play because you're just looking at who's who's been putting the most effort into social media at that point yeah and i I think that's a, a tough thing to adapt to at least for the at least i think for the older generation of music guys but um yeah, like all all of the the new bands that that I found recently, it was all through social media. They're like pages that like share uh content or whatever. Certainly hasn't been through any shows. Like all the information we get now is is from the internet. That's all you need now. Yeah, it's just easy. Yeah. It's easy to go type in like uh, a new metal band. Right, and then new, see what comes jazz. up in the search bar. Yeah. Yeah. New whatever you want, like you can find people who made a band yesterday. You know, <laughs> yeah. like they it, and they just posted it onto YouTube. And yeah, you can find people who post like ten songs a day. Mm-hmm. It, it happens. People are out there posting like crazy amounts of songs. Like you wouldn't believe how many copyright registrations there are every single day for songs. Just like God damn. <laughs> you yeah. start seeing the numbers just like thousands and thousands of songs getting registered every day it's like jesus <laughs> but, yeah i don't know if that's is it thousands i'm not sure but it's a lot i remember hearing the number and being surprised being like whoa <laughs> yeah there's there's a lot of music out there man like 
I think what's crazy though is that like it it just doesn't feel like we're gonna get because metal has already grown so much, you know, it, it feels very difficult to to find bands where it, you know it's gonna make us feel like how all the old greats did, you know, uh, like Pantera, Black Sabbath, Slipknot. It's just like it almost feels like everything is just kind of kind of saturated a little bit. There's so much metal out there now, but when's when's the next? Where yeah. are the next greats of the era? I think it, it, I think it really falls into the hands of marketing at this point. You know who who gets marketed most? You know, yeah. have, I mean, how many shirts have you seen of, of like Five Finger Death Punch? <laughs> <laughs> you know, like they have so many different kinds of T-shirts. Like I've yeah. seen so many different types of like Slipknot T-shirts. I don't want to compare the two musically. Obviously, one of them is better than the other. But, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like the 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 marketing is is most of the key to success in this music industry right now. I mean, if you can mm -hmm. have fifteen different brand like styles of T-shirts on a website that looks cool with animations, and you know, you can blast that out to four thousand people every day. Yeah, somebody's going to buy your t-shirts. You know, it doesn't matter who you are, what you sound like, <laughs> you know. <laughs> if you have cool-looking t-shirts, you're going to get sales. Like, so it's visual marketing is like a huge part of it and like exposure as well. You know, getting out to those thousands of people saying like we have new t-shirts. Doesn't matter what they are. They see your name on their page. Yeah. But, yeah. I don't know. It's kind of weird. You can't just go out and <laughs> drive across state and hopefully someone sees you that's that's not how it works yeah not not anymore for sure you know everything has to be focused into the online presentation and delivery with with the music and and the artistic style that has to land first before the shows even come you know people want to demand to see you live after they see your or listen to your track online or your music video or or you know your new line of shirts that you just put out, you know, the pre-orders, all that stuff. Right. Man, it the way I see it though, like you and I and the rest of the band like we're all just babies in the music industry. We, we <laughs> it barely really feels scraped like the surface of yeah. the industry and like Honestly, I'm sort of using this podcast as like a record of the journey through the music industry. So I'm going to record my own journey through this crazy, like ever evolving industry. It's still growing and changing in ways that people can't describe, like people can't even predict where it's going. Yeah, I mean, look how quickly uh, the industry adapted to the you know the government regulated shutdowns and and all of a sudden we we're we we're seeing concerts being streamed and the bands are playing <laughs> basically playing you know from their own homes in their living rooms but they're playing together as a band and people are watching it or uh, you know they're they're paying money to to see the live stream and it's it's kind of far out almost dystopian in my opinion but <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, man. I remember seeing pictures of like concerts where they had like these little booths marked off, <laughs> like in these six feet grid, six foot square grids. Oh, and man, like, yeah. I can't imagine how that's helping anybody in any way. I don't think it does, like, man. You know, that's just not a way to enjoy a show. People go to go to shows because they wanna, they wanna, you know, experience something beyond just the the regular dull world you know they want to go and have this awesome awesome experience where they 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 feel great or feel powerful or feel liberated and they just want to let it all out and and have fun with each other you can't do that when you got you got rules trying to tell you oh this is how you're gonna you know take in this experience nah screw that (laughs) yeah i mean it's just there was a lot of, uh, you know, knee-jerking reactions. And oh, yeah, yeah. A lot of it, you know, some of it might have helped. I feel like this whole social distancing thing has is, is, is probably contributed to the lack of flu numbers and the lack of cold numbers. And, you know, it's I, I, I can agree with social distancing, and maybe the masks helped a little, but you know at the same at the same time i mean if you're if you're like walking into a restaurant with a mask on and then like taking it off as soon as you sit down and then like putting it back on to walk out the door to take it off again like who are you fooling yeah there's <laughs> there's there's no like, what there's no consistency but yeah there's no how any of that works and, you there's know? no nobody knows exactly how it works there is no information to tell you exactly how and why that works. Like it, it's just whoever decides. Like you know, this looks safe enough. We'll go with that. And it's it. it there's no like absolute like way to get you know to regulate it. Then how how are you gonna enforce it? You know. But. Well, I I think that you know. You ever heard in in Japan of uh, of um, family members that have become shut-ins? They basically never leave their room, hmm. and so their parents take care of them. You know, they bring up food to them, but they never leave the house. Yeah, they they were way ahead of us <laughs> in that wow. game. Yeah, <laughs> I can't imagine living like that, man. That'd be crazy. Yeah, and you know, obviously, like. I'm just making a joke out of it, but it's not it's not a healthy thing. Oh no, I can't imagine to be separated from people, a, never a leaving. Yeah, like if that's safe, then then well, they would be doing great, and and we gotta step up our game. For me, safe is probably just never leaving the house. Fuck it, put me in a box underground. <laughs> yeah, just bury me now. Yeah, just bury me now. <laughs> Yeah. Oh well. Yeah, well. but it's with all that said though, I think it's nice to see shows starting to make a comeback. Tours are being made now. They're being booked. And I think ultimately, um in in due time, it, all those regulations are just going to go away because, you know, I feel like there's far more people that just want to have freedom instead of, you know, being shackled one way or another, you know, we want to get back to 
to shows and, and having a blast. And <clears throat> yeah, man, I can't wait to get back to a show. I haven't been to a show yet, you know, because I haven't I haven't wanted to like stand in a little taped box with a with a mask on trying to. Yeah, screw that! You ain't gonna get me yeah, to do that, like, man. You know, I, I I wanna I wanna go out and mosh. I wanna like well, I'm too old to mosh. Honestly, I fucked up my shoulder the last time I tried that. It's dead permanently. Like oh well. It's, yeah, it's it's done. <laughs> it's yeah, going over uh, there. Yeah, <sighs> that Slayer concert. It was actually Slayer's last uh, Fucking Slayer's Slayer. last tour or whatever. Maybe. Yeah, that show was truly but, monstrous. Oh, it was crazy. I still have videos. <laughs> People, uh, they got all the toilet paper out of the porta potties and they like ran over to the middle of the field and <laughs> they, they laid it out in a cross. Oh man! <laughs> when when Slayer came on and started playing, they all lit it on fire from different angles. Like eight different people were like lighting it on fire. <laughs> as soon as they started playing, we uh, everybody started running in a circle around the cross. So it was like this huge circle mosh pit, just going in a circle around the around the cross, and it was it was pretty crazy. And of course, I did what I always do, and I try to go the other direction, <laughs> stop people, and it's always a good time, but. I think it. I think it got me last time. They, yeah, fucking, you know, fucked up my shoulder. They, they like, I don't know. Maybe I got pulled up wrong, or maybe I hit somebody weird. But I don't know. I can't. I can't rotate it like I used to. It's been yeah, like that when, for a couple of years now. When you're when you're being <laughs> powered by alcohol and and high voltage metal provided by Slayer, I mean, you just. <laughs> limitations could go out the window i mean slayer's not even my favorite band i, I don't I'm, I'm not a fan of slayer honestly but damn like when you know, you're when at you're a like slayer show four, then everyone's a slayer yeah, fan. You, you <laughs> like chug four tall boys and run into a pit where everybody's like screaming and running in a circle you just want to join in dude you just want to jump in there and knock some people out so. <laughs> yeah 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 I don't know. Maybe that's just the Brill Heart in me. Who knows? The Brill Heart. It just sounds like a some raider name, you know. People who know me and my brother, they they say that they oh, it's it's got to be a Brill Heart thing, man. Yeah. Like, okay. Both right, of you man, have most likely had ancestors that raided monasteries and shit. Yeah, <laughs> I w- wouldn't be surprised, man. Just some some like I don't know Germanic raiders. Right, yeah. Man, that was a awesome freaking show, man. Holy crap. Are you talking about Vikings? Oh, no, no. That show was cool for a little bit, but it was oh, you're talking actually about the, terrible. The Slayer show? Yeah, I'm just talking about the Slayer show. The Slayer show, yeah. That was, that was, that the was Slayer show was, awesome. was there. That was the first time yeah. I've seen a Monomarth live, actually. Really? That was the first time I saw a Monomarth, yeah. Man. They were playing uh, songs from Yom's Viking. Yeah, Yom's Viking, and then, then their latest album. Well, they, they didn't, the album didn't come out yet. It came out after that show. They were playing songs from Yom's Viking, but not from the new. They came out with an album since then. Really? It's been a while. I could have <laughs> swore that. That was a while ago. I thought they played. Uh... No, Yom's Viking was like the their show like that was what they were promoting on that show oh hmm yeah well confuzzled now because i i thought they played raven's flight at that show 
Ravens fly, Ravens fly. Maybe, maybe that was like a teaser to like maybe that was like a new yeah, song. Maybe, they're yeah, there. yeah. Maybe the album wasn't out yet, but shoot, uh, if I was running a band, I'd want to throw teasers out a live show that big. Oh Why yeah, not? yeah. Play, play a fucking new song you're you've been working on. See if they like it. Like, <laughs> oh no, yeah, that's that's awesome. Remember when uh uh us and Arcanaut we we wanted to play one of the new songs and. There was like some in- inhibition about whether we should or not. Like, nah, save it for the album. But you're like, nah, let's bring it out now. You know, like, yeah. I I think at our at our level it doesn't matter. Yeah. Uh, at our level, it's just optics. But I mean, the only I feel like knowing what I know now, the only reason you wouldn't is for, um, you would want to register the songs. Yeah, you'd want to register a copyright for every one of your songs before you play it or publish it live or public. Oh yeah, that makes sense. Because somebody can record it and steal it, and if they register it first, they win. Like <laughs> yeah. it's not your song anymore. <laughs> yeah. And then when you play it, you have to pay them. Cruel it, world. Uh, cruel laws. <laughs> that's not the world. That's mankind. Yep. Yeah, evil will flourish. Yeah, the entertainment industry is evil. <laughs> Who would have thought? Yeah, right. Man, man's messed up. Wow. No. <laughs> There's a game that kind of has a tendency to to do messed up things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, men men are not perfect. No. Yeah, definitely. And not. and by men I mean people. Yeah. All people. I mean like Lord of the Rings type of men. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the oh, royal. Man. We can can we just take a moment and acknowledge that Lord of the Rings is possibly is, is just not even possibly it is one of the greatest trilogies ever, ever. Uh, yeah, I'll always acknowledge that. Yes. Anytime anyone brings it up, I'll I'll agree with that. Yeah, I'll, I'll I'll take another sip for Lord of the Rings, and I need to watch that again. I did not too long ago, and it was. <laughs> one of my the best experiences in recent times. Dude, could you imagine the sound that went into that though? Like the all of the could you imagine trying to record like an army of sounds marching across a battlefield? Like what would you have to do? Uh, like, yeah, like how did they, they how didn't did just they capture put a that? microphone in front of a hundred people? Like <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Like they had to like record like probably a hundred set of individual boots. Like they probably were like in a studio with like a pair of boots, and they did it again, and then again, and then again with a different pair of boots, and then again, and then again. Like probably did it in dirt, in mud, in yeah. Water. It sounds like a like really tedious and meticulous process. It's called foley sounds. Foley sounds. Yeah, this is stuff I'm learning in school right now. It's like Man. it's part of a a section called a post production. It's like. You know, movie sounds and stuff. You add you add in sounds later. Like ninety five percent of movies that you watch, like or ninety five percent of the sounds in movies, are uh, just added in later. Sometimes they even dub in the voices later. If they didn't get a good take on somebody's voice, or like if it was a action shot where there was water coming down and everything, like they'll just have them in a studio later, screaming into a microphone. Like instead of <laughs> recording them <laughs> while the water is falling and shit, yeah. they just record their voice later and have them scream. Get to the chopper. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah. Yeah, then it's it's pretty crazy, dude. All this all this stuff I'm learning for sounds. I can't imagine what went into Lord of the Rings though. Oh man. Everything. <laughs> uh, I'm I'm just a big fanboy over Lord of the Rings. I just want the soundtrack. Oh uh, yeah, man. I want the soundtrack on vinyl. Uh, on vinyl? That sounds gnarly. <laughs> That'd be dope. Just have badass speakers. Yeah. Just listen to that super loud. I'm going on Amazon right now and <laughs> just <laughs> going to get that get those uh that that soundtrack. But yeah, anyway, so Lord of the Rings is awesome and if if you disagree, well you're wrong. <laughs> so I, was, I was listening to that when I was driving the other day. I typed in Lord of the Rings soundtrack on Spotify. No kidding. <laughs> yeah, dude. Heck I was yeah. like driving and it was like this battle music. Bum, 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 like that. Like I was like, driving on the freeway. Yeah. It was like I was just imagining the orcs like marching across the battlefield. It was, it was just, pretty nuts. Just such a such a clear distinction of, of like the battle between like you know good and evil forces, and you know earlier we we mentioned about how you know man is not perfect yet it. You know, when, when man acts in, when, when they have faith in doing the right thing and, and, you know, cause all, all the men were imperfect. I mean, look at Aragorn, you know, he, he wasn't anywhere near Gondor. He was just being a ranger and running from his responsibility basically. And, and all the, all the different factions of men had distrust towards each other. And that was going to lead to their ultimate destruction if they didn't unify against something that was far bigger and and truly evil than than their own sin or imperfections you know it's just ah man it's just such a good story we, we're about to convert this whole podcast about lord of the rings but oh, okay, let's turn into movies <laughs> yeah <laughs> talking about audio and sound let's let's go to movies man oh, i could talk about movies all day oh man yeah <clears throat> i uh all, I all the sound work and stuff i'm a super big movie critic super analytical on everything and Oh uh, yeah, I hate it, but you know it's fun. <laughs> Dude, yeah, <laughs> to a degree, unless you're watching something bad, and then it just gets boring. Picking out all the things that are wrong. <laughs> oh, dude, yeah, like me and my wife, we we love to go out on movie dates, uh, and watch movies or you know that kind of thing. Pretty pretty standard, right? But I've noticed that every time we've been at the movies and they start playing trailers of new movies coming out. I just think, wow, all of these movies look like garbage. They just look like they suck. And I can tell just from the trailer. You know, it's like, damn, are, are there any good movies anymore? They, they are far and few between now than back in the day. That's what it yeah, seems like. Pretty sure uh, most of them. But yeah, I've noticed that, dude. Most of the trailers, like. I'll be sitting there next to next to my girlfriend, and we'll be we'll be watching the trailers, and I'll just lean over and like this doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I don't know what's going on in this trailer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm definitely not watching this movie. And sometimes, if it's ridiculous enough, I'll just say it loud enough for everyone in the theater to hear. <laughs> I'll just say it out loud, and I've gotten laughs before. You know, I'll just use it like a stand up comedy minute, but. I can't. I'm probably. I probably get more people shaking their heads than laughing. 
but I don't I, care. I think it's tolerable. You know, the movie hasn't started yet, so we can we can throw in some funny oh, quips dude, I'll every talk now and again shit about any M Night Shyamalan trailer. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll I'll talk shit about any any Disney sponsored movie or trailer, anything from Disney or or like you just start to see like the cookie cutter uh, patterns of like how they're trying to write these movies and deliver these movies. Hey man, they figured out how to make money. Yeah, I, I, yeah, they figured out how to make money with really bad movies. I don't know if that's genius or insidiously <laughs> nefarious. Oh, you know, looking like, at it the wrong way. In fact, you're looking at it just too deeply. They figured out how to make money. <laughs> hey, as long as I can identify between a good and bad movie, you know, I'm all right. I guess. <laughs> you know, I'm glad. I, I actually, uh, you're one of the few people I actually talk with about movies because i know that you actually analyze them in a complete way like a lot of people don't look at movies from like every perspective and every angle and they don't look at all the the little bits and pieces that go into it you know you got to look at like the acting and the writing and like the screenplay and like you got to look at like how like right, maybe all the, the directing was bad. Mm-hmm. The direction might have been bad. They mm-hmm. could have had a bunch of good actors, and the direction was just sloppy. Yeah. Sometimes, like I've been able to tell the difference there. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes like it's the cinematography is weird. It's like they're using a bunch of weird camera angles for no reason. Like, what the fuck is going on? But like the rest of the movie's good. Right. Like, yeah. Okay. This would be cool if the camera wasn't flipping around and doing backflips all the time. Like. You know, right. so you got to, like, look out for all the different, like, little pieces. So mm-hmm. I've noticed you're one of the people that actually do that. That's why I like talking with you about movies. Um, It's entertaining to critique movies in, like, a dynamic way. Oh, I, I agree. And, and likewise. You know, I, I could probably count how many good movies I've seen on, on one hand recently with everything that's coming out. I'll say that Nobody was really good. That was a good action flick with Bob Odenkirk. The uh, Better Call Saul. Oh, sh- dude, I forgot about that. I need to see that movie. <laughs> yes, I totally you do, dude. That came out. Yeah. God damn. All right. Definitely check that out. Bob Odenkirk is one of my favorites. That dude's awesome. He's a phenomenal actor. He's 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 awesome. And um, I saw a Quiet Place too. Oh, dude! I just saw that yesterday. Did you? Yeah. What'd you think of it? Uh, you know, I thought for what it was, it was pretty good, but, you know, it kind of seemed like something, it, it seemed almost like a repeat of the first movie, in a way. Kinda. Kinda. It was, a. Uh, it had a format. It had a, it had a format to it. You could see, you could see, like, the individual steps of the movie. Yeah. Clearly. Like, I, I think it was, it was well done. Everything about it was well done. I think the soundtrack was good. Camera angles, uh, the acting. It was really good. It was really well put together. There yeah. Was, there was only one thing I didn't like about it. Was it like a. It was. There was a whole bunch of parts where it was like they had a parallel scene. Where it was like something was happening that was similar to something else happening. Mm-hmm. They would just switch back and forth. Yeah. Until like the climax of the part. And like both of them are similar. Like. You, like, I don't know, I can't give an exact example, it was, like, a week ago or something, but 
you know, there was a whole bunch of scenes where they would like switch back and forth between yeah. two characters that were doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. And it's like they did it three times throughout the movie, and it's like okay, like on the last part, you're like, all right, I see that they're both doing the same thing. They're probably both going to succeed or whatever is going on. It's just like, I don't know, it kind of felt like a little bit too formatted. You know, like I said, it had a format. You could tell, like, they had a vision and like, okay, let's implement this this kind of element. Let's do this now. Yeah. Switch back and forth between these two scenes. And let's go to these, this, and then we'll build up to this and switch back and forth between these two now. Yeah. And like, mm-hmm. you know, it was like, I kind of saw through it pretty, pretty uh, easily. Yeah, maybe I'm just being too picky, but I thought it was pretty cool. It was a cool movie for sure. Yeah, yeah, like it's it it was cool. Uh, Yeah, I think it was well done. It it definitely still leaves you with a lot of questions. Still, you know, like I feel like people want to know even more about you know the setting or the story. You know, like they see this meteorite looking thing fall from space. And then all of a sudden, these monsters that operate just off sound, and they kill anything that has a sound. It's like, why are these things here? How are they made? Where do they come from? Why are they here? You know, like... Who recorded them? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, like, (laughs) how how did they, like, take over the world, basically, and make the military defunct, and, like... Oh well, with the high frequency and they can be made vulnerable that way. Like, how quickly can they clear out everything? You know, what's the next step after? Is there going to be alien invasion? Like, it it sets up so much stuff. There's a lot of room for possibilities. You know. Yeah, there was like a theory they said in the movie. They said the theory was that uh, these were like seeds that were sent out to like terraform planets. So oh, that like. Man. You know, they would, like, wipe the population clean or just kill everything. And then, you know, then they could come in and take the planet. <laughs> right. It'd be, like, Independence Day. It's like a weapon, yeah. Yeah. I think it's interesting that they weren't even planning on making a, a sequel or anything. But the the first one was so successful. And they're like, oh, all right, let's do our best for part two. You know? But, you know, overall, it was pretty pretty cool and i just made something fall over i apologize that's right my setup's pretty shoddy it's episode one like i said before. <laughs> so. yeah and uh the other movie i saw was the devil made me do it you know the the new devil. conjuring movie oh yeah dude that's on uh that's on hbo i think it, yeah hbo it's, max they're streaming it yeah they, they stream new movies so. i think that's kind of cool watch it I think we started it. Me and my girlfriend started it, but I, I was uh, I was like super tired, so I started falling asleep. And oh yeah, I do that all the time. As soon as it gets dark and starts getting dark, whatever, dude. I wake up early to work <laughs> every day, or not every day, but yeah, most days. You know how it is. You do the same shit I do. Yeah, I do know how it is. It's <sighs> brutal. Yeah. Oh well. No. Cool electric. Pool electric. It's a story for another time, I guess. Yeah. Don't work outside, guys. <laughs> Why do you think I'm going to school for audio engineering? Yeah. Like, seriously, I don't want to work outside anymore. I want to work in a nice, comfortable studio. They keep it at exactly 70 degrees on purpose, so the sound waves travel correctly. 
Yeah, like, I don't know what my caveman ass is, is still doing. You know, do you need to get doing a booga outside in 120 degrees? Dude, that's that's been my mind for like a couple couple years now, man. I've been doing pool electric since. Oh man, what was it? I got out of the navy in 2016. Yeah. May 2016. No, it was June. June. I got in in May. Got out in June. June 2016. Mm. And then I worked at QT. Uh, then I went to Pool Electric. I think. So it was like a almost a year after I got out of the navy. I got into pool electric and I became an electrician after the Navy trained me in electrical. So that was cool. But man, I'm really tired of that. Yeah. (laughs) I'm still doing it, man. (laughs) Yeah. I'm not even a year into it, but uh, yeah, man, it's just got to look for for better things all the time, you know? Don't want to stay stuck in one thing. I mean, trust me, as a as a drummer of your skill level, your like raw talent, like you can you can play like fucking crazy, a, a crazy range of uh, types of music, even, and that's just through ear. Like you learn by by ear, and it's it's insane. Like, <laughs> like I think that's super impressive, especially as a drummer. Like melodies are one thing; cause you can go up and down, figure out like, oh, it's these notes. Right. As yeah. a drummer, like you're going by rhythm, like it's like ones and zeros, like like on off, on off, on off, on off. Like you just have to <laughs> hit the hit the thing. Like <laughs> uh, that's, that's nice of you to say. Um I I I'm a fan of telling myself that I'm just trash, but I'll try. <laughs> I just try to try. <laughs> well, it's good to be humble. <laughs> oh, I, I certainly don't have any any room to to flex at all, man. Like, there's so many amazing drummers out there, and I'm trying to be like half as good as all these amazing drummers, you know. You just do more. Yeah, just yeah. Do more, like do Dude, more drumming. That's what I'm saying. Like, I, I miss drumming, and it's like I think the hardest thing about drummers is that, for one, you need space. And I don't have space in my apartment for a full acoustic kit. And if you don't have space for a full acoustic kit, then you need money for a uh, an electric kit. Sure, you can get you know there are uh, there are a bunch of different electric kits out there. Sure, but you know, like I'm I'm just a simple ooga booga ooga boonga guy. You know, I just I want my I just want to play on the set that I have. Well, and that I invested all my time with and all my money with, and well, I'll, I'll I'll help you out with some some electric kit pieces. I'll send you like little pieces at a time you can save up for them or something. Like I'll I'll look up, I'll find a kit and like put it together like on paper, and then just send you the pieces, and you could just buy them whenever. I'll even come over and set it up for you. I don't care. <laughs> now that is something to to look into at some point. But man, just just in general, uh, at least you'll be able to hit something with sticks. It must hit something. <laughs> must count to four in rhythm. <laughs> at least four. Yeah, yeah. At, at least four. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's all it takes to be a drummer. You just got to count to four. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. Yeah. Basically. But man, 
I mean, your kit's right there in the corner. It's got a, I know, I'm looking at it. And it's I'm got just a, like, oh, baby, <laughs> baby, baby, baby. I miss you. And I miss slapping your skins with oh. my tip. Tips. <laughs> yeah, I bet you do. Yeah. Oh yeah, man. All right, we'll we'll move these uh these couches out of the way soon here. We'll we'll definitely get a uh, get the band in here and slam out a, a set. See if we can't get a good recording of it too. Why not? Yeah. Speaking of recordings, man. Like as far as the industry goes, it, it seems like you know a lot. A lot seems to be done on the computers nowadays, you know. Not, I'm not trying to sound like some old guy, you know. You know, born in '92, you know. Yeah. <laughs> was right at the precipice of of technology and internet entering our lives, but uh, yeah, for some reason it's just been difficult for us to like get this get this album made and you know get it recorded, and it's just, it's just been hard and it's just like fuck it should we just do it all on the computer you know and like like i don't know i don't know how all that stuff works i'm just a drummer i just just hit things in rhythm and count to four you know (laughs) i mean what what i keep hearing i'm on the bottom of the totem pole here (laughs) i mean i'm I'm going to school for this you know i'm going to crass conservatory for recording arts and sciences but um I'm going to this school right now, and I keep hearing the same thing over and over. I mean, if it sounds good, it is good. Yeah. If if it comes out of a speaker and it sounds good, well, yeah, who cares how you made it? Yeah. Who who cares which microphone you used? Who cares what console you mixed it on? Like, if it sounds good, and people like how it sounds, it's good. Like, you're, you've done your job well, you know? So... You know, I think you're right. I think that's the... Do you have to use a real kit? Do you have to use an acoustic kit? If you want to wow people on stage, absolutely. You should probably use an acoustic kit and really slam the shit out of it and blow people away. Yeah, that's the best way to do it on stage. Yeah. But, like, in a studio? I don't know, man. Like, is that the best way? Right, yeah. a way. It's a certain way, sure. But, I mean, in a studio, you can use an electric kit and probably get these like such a similar sound that the next guy walking down the street's not going to care you know but yeah man I, I i think that's just all it does come down to is what sounds good what you know what sounds the best you know and you know like whether you're doing it all off the computer or you're deriving everything from live recordings like whatever it takes to just make it sound good you know and not only not only that but we have the recording the music and then performing and playing the music live and then those are just two different I things think the biggest thing the most important thing as far as making music that way is a metronome not is, <laughs> be, <laughs> is uh um making sure that you can play the things you're writing yeah if, of if course. you're if you're writing shit digitally and you can't play it live I think you fucked up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like you gotta, you gotta <laughs> write stuff that you can play on a stage on an acoustic kit for sure. But um, mm-hmm. like as far as writing and and just recording the best sound for a re- like a recorded album, I feel like there's a million different ways to do that. You know, yeah. There's one way to play drums on stage. As oh, far as man. like physically, you gotta have a drum kit, right? 
But, yeah. you know, in a studio, there's thousands of millions of ways to do that. But it all sounds good. If it sounds good, it is good. Yeah, definitely. It, that's definitely one of the things that uh, that our, our band really enjoyed was just playing playing live and slaying shit slaying ass live slaying booty just <laughs> <laughs> yeah dude that's the best part about arcanaut is the live shows like ah well, the live sound was just incredible and it's so hard to get that in a recording yeah and i think that's just but. what's been the struggle for us is trying to trying to bring bring that to an album uh, i i think we're finally getting closer though and just realizing, like, fuck it, we just got to do whatever it takes to just make a good sounding album, you know. So you just can't wait for that to get done, you know. But ah, oh, Marion, yeah, dude, just need to play, need to play, need to do another house show. Just oh, another house show that would be incredible. It would. I be. just don't know where to put these couches. These couches are bigger than the last ones I had. Fuck your couch! No, uh, <laughs> just did Alright. You know, just put him in the hallway. <laughs> hey, hey Chris, you're, Chris, you're not using your bedroom, right? No. <laughs> yeah, uh, you can't get him down the hallway. Are you kidding me? This house right, is so yeah. small. But, yeah. I don't know. Another house show would be pretty sick, but I don't think we can fit it. We can't fit nah, people. Yeah, there's, there's too much in here now. But That's alright. We'll definitely have another show soon. I mean... We have to get the album done first, but yeah, that's that's the most important thing. Getting that thing done first. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. We're getting closer though. I mean, we're just doing the drums all electronically now, so that should speed up the process for sure. Yeah. Then then I gotta meet up with Dan and and make sure all the notation is correct. They keep bugging him, dude. Don't stop. <laughs> <laughs> get over there. Make sure it's right. Like don't don't leave it up to him. You're the drummer. <laughs> yeah. Go make sure your drum parts are right. <laughs> yeah. And hopefully I remember all the drum parts too. <laughs> hey man, if you want to set up your kit and practice them out, feel them out real quick, and then and then you can go over to Dan's and write them down. We'll figure it out. Yeah, it would be cool to, you know, like I have a laptop at home now. My wife uses it mainly, but. Shit, now that I have one, I could probably download that um Guitar Pro or whatever Guitar that program's Pro? Yeah, called. Yeah, uses that to uh tab them out. Yeah, and I can I can practice tabbing out my own drum notes Get and the stuff. new Guitar Pro. Just pay for it. Yeah. Yeah, like I don't I don't give a shit. I'll do that too. Just buy the new Guitar Pro and like look up some videos and learn how to tab out drums. Yeah. That'd be cool. Yeah, that would really open up a lot of doors and streamline well, a lot of things. That that would make you able to record what's in your head. You can put whatever beats are in your head onto paper now. Mm-hmm. So if you learn a language, which would be Guitar Pro, you know, so you learn the language and then you can record everything that's going on in your mind. You put it on paper. Yeah. And then you can come back to it whenever you want. Yeah, man. Or like, send it off to other people or do whatever. You could sell it. You could literally write a drum beat and sell it off. Like it that that stuff's possible. Like totally possible. Happens all the time. I need I need to get on that, man. You know, like guys like Tom Thomas Hockey from 
Meshuggah, you know, he he wrote a lot of the drums on on his computer. You know, he he wrote Bleed on the computer and then practiced for six months just to be able to play Bleed, you know. And man, what a iconic drum beat that is for sure. <laughs> you know. Man, we should maybe we should take a second to talk about you know, like these really cool ass drummers. You know, like and Thomas Hake. Everyone knows Mario Duplantier now from Gojira. Of course. Gojira's in in the mainstream now. Gojira, like, well, the metal mainstream is weird, dude. Mm -hmm. Because the metal mainstream is always, like, it's only, like, two or three artists, and it, it, like, rotates slowly. Like, it's always, like, just flipping over super slowly to the next guy, to the next guy, to the next one. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, like, there's always one top metal band. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there's always like one or two top guys where you're like okay these these two are probably the richest like the most successful metal guys in the in the industry right now but right i don't know i guess there's different categories but it's still goodyear is like definitely fucking made it they've made it as far as metal goes yeah and it's crazy how much time it it actually takes like they've been playing for excuse me almost like 20 years now you know and and finally uh, that that's the other thing is like what what made them go mainstream you know it's like because anyone that listens to, Go- to gojira knows that well for one every album is basically a masterpiece but man those those earlier albums like that's some some death metal type shit, you know, like that's, and obviously that's not accessible to a whole lot of people. They grew into uh, an accessible sound for a lot of people. You know, I think, you know, something like magma was probably one of their biggest steps towards a accessible sound, but this, their new album in particular is by far their most accessible and by most accessible, you could probably say it's probably their softest, honestly. You know, it's nothing like, you know, Terra Incognita or The Link or um, a- a- any of those albums, you know. What do you think of their new album? Have you checked it out? I haven't really checked a lot of it out. Um... I'm not a super big fan of Gojira. I'm really right, picky when yeah. it comes to music. Oh yeah, but yeah, metal specifically. But I mean, Gojira, like I don't know a lot of their music. I just haven't dived into a lot of their earlier stuff. Like I listen to the new songs that come out, but I don't know. I'm not really yeah. familiar with their evolution, so maybe that's why I'm not into the newer songs. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll go ahead and give my opinion then. Um. I've I've listened to the whole album a couple times, you know, and I don't know, man. It it was for me, for me, it was just kind of lukewarm because I remember when I was first getting into Gojira and it was just blowing my mind. I'm like, man, this is cool. This is this is What cool. album did you get into? Like when did you first get into it? The first one that that I listened to was The Way of All Flesh. That is a killer album. When did that come out? 
I can't recall the year right this second. But of course, you know, we all, we live in the age of smartphones, so I can look that up real quick. Yeah, check it out. Yeah. The way of all flesh. Like 2000-something? The way of all flesh. Wow. I'm, I'm getting everything but Gojira. Oh, wait, no, here we go. Two, <laughs> 2008. October 13th, 2008. 2008. Okay. Yeah. Damn, it was before I graduated high school. Yeah. And that came after From Mars to Sirius. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, as far as chronology goes, the first was Terra Incognita. That's their most raw, uh, most r- raw album. It's killer. And then The Link. Then From Mars to Sirius. Then the way of all flesh, then I believe Lenfant Sauvage, then Magma, and now Fortitude. So if somebody was like getting into Gojira for the first time. What what album would you give them? Well, depending on your tastes, I would say I probably just recommend my experience. You know, like the way of all flesh is is solid. A really good sound on there. Um, really technical kind of stuff. So there's awesome certain songs, or or would you just listen from one all the way through? Oh man, when when I listen to albums, I like to just start from the beginning and then just power through all the way to the end. Yeah, I do too. I, I like listening from level from just level one, just fucking track one all the way to the end, and it it usually goes pretty well because. I don't know, some songs don't make sense if you don't hear the song before it. Yeah. Or some songs, like, you know, they fall in between certain places on an album on purpose. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you might not get the same thing. It's like, you know, listening to, uh, like, shit, pick any Pink Floyd song. If you don't listen to the whole album, like, it kind of doesn't match up well. Like, it... Or there's nothing to match it to, you know. It's, yeah. It's so certain metal albums, I I think for sure, you know, they're like, you know, they kind of match up and with with each other's tracks and yeah, they tell a story almost. They kind of just fit together on purpose. I don't know if it's like on, right, like yeah. an artful thing or uh, I'm sure most bands do it on purpose, but right, yeah. I'd like to think that there was intention behind the. The Intention. order of the track the track listing, yeah, and you know, as obviously we're both big music guys, but you know, for me, I'm just I'm just a really big fan of just taking in a whole album as my experience of listening listening to a band. Uh, you know, it it just seems more more pure and wholesome to do it that way, in my opinion, than jumping around between tracks and you know or, shovel all. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Shuffle all of man. That's only, a, only that's that a madman tactic. I only do that when I'm driving. Yeah. But yeah, so what 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 I I just gotta ask, like, is there a band that made you wanna start drumming? Oh man, that's there's something that made you wanna start like playing drums? Like what I can't imagine what would start me on a journey like that. What what made you wanna do it? 
You know, it's actually kind of a hard question to answer because... Who gave you a drum kit? Like, where did you hold your drumsticks and play on a kit? Like My when mom. It, your mom did that? Yeah, okay. when I was about, I think, like, six or something. Damn, that's early. Yeah, nice. I was really, really hyperactive, you know. Um, <laughs> much, much to my mother's <laughs> distress. Yeah, I was just a lot for my my mom to handle, understandably. Uh, and you know, she, just all of a sudden, like she always had this drum kit that like some some boyfriend or some shit bought for her. Oh, well, lucky you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so, you know, one day I just realized, oh, and, you know, an instructor came to the house, and he and he started to teach me, and and for some reason I just. I picked it up, like simply, like I, I, it was like learning how to ride a bike for the first time. You know, it just it didn't take a whole lot, and I actually had a, a lot of instruction for many years, until probably up until I was about fourteen or so, and then I, you know, stopped taking lessons. But then I also didn't really play a whole lot until I think about two thousand. 11 or 2010 when I first met Dan and Luis <laughs> yeah and then they, uh, they asked me to drum for them and I I didn't even know how to do double bass at the time I never played metal before and metal was like something that was really new to me still uh, okay were you listening to any metal at that point like you know I, I would say my first favorite drummer my first one was probably danny carey from tool actually but i was also listening to um uh godsmack so um <laughs> uh, i feel so stupid forgetting some of these guys names uh i think is Sh- shannon shannon lark i don't know i could be wrong but he's actually he was he's friends with my drum instructor that i I had at the time. Uh, Who's your drum instructor? Uh, A.D. Adams. A.D. Adams? Yeah. Is he still doing instruction? Or? Oh, yeah. Is he I... still teaching? Yeah. All right, well, shout out to A.D. Adams. Hopefully uh, this gets you some new. It, he's seriously like the he's coolest doing... dude ever. Like, <laughs> he's, he's, he's about as metal as it gets. You All right, five-star review. Yeah, yeah, five-star <laughs> review, seriously. and. And I feel bad because, you know, I, I started to take lessons with him again, even while still an Arcanaut. But then, like, I, I just, I fell out again. And, you know, it's just like, uh, I need to take more lessons. But, you just gotta, it's, it's discipline, man. Like, you gotta motivate yourself and, and tell discipline. yourself, like, this, is, this has got to be your, your thing. Like, if this is what you're going to take lessons for, then yeah. stick with it. And, like, that's what's going to be your... Your money maker, right? Yeah, man. So like, I just, I gotta set that up again. So, <laughs> AD, don't don't give up on me. If you're a- <laughs> <laughs> I'll come back, like like the prodigal son returning. Yeah, but, you'll you'll be his his golden boy. Yeah, you know, <laughs> I I want to be, but uh, yeah, um. You'll make it work. There's plenty of opportunities out there. I'm sure you'll find something for sure. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, the, 
drummer of Godsmack, drummer of Tool, and then John Bonham from Led Zeppelin. Those mm-hmm. are probably like my three earliest influences. And then when I got into metal for the first time, that was when I saw Slipknot, which was my first concert, All Hope Is Gone World Tour 2009. I was a junior in high school. And I heard of Slipknot before just from the two singles on the radio, you know, Duality and Before I Forget. But like, I don't know, like I just, I wasn't like super into it. I was still like apprehensive to like the, those kind of vocals, you know, like most any other kind of like yeah. noob. The vocals are usually the hardest part for people to, to figure out. Oh yeah. They don't get it. Yeah. Like that's <laughs> like worldwide. Like they're, they, they just don't understand like why the vocals are that way or like i can't understand what he's saying it's like man i can barely understand half the people when they just talk normally care what they're saying (laughs) yeah like (laughs) does it sound cool and it's like you know it's an instrument yeah like read the lyrics yeah like the difference instrument difference between an acoustic guitar and an electric guitar right the vocals are either like oh my god distortions or they're like (laughs) distorted and screaming like one or the other right yeah i like the screaming ones they sound way more intense they sound super cool like yeah you know it's like intensity he's fucking yelling like there's only one way to sound like that it's by yelling as loud as you can yeah And, (laughs) and dude when it took me seeing slipknot live to where it just it like came over me like a tsunami, dude. Just that energy was something that I never experienced before. Yeah. Watching Slipknot just command this stadium of thousands and thousands of people. It was at Jobbing.com Arena. Mm. And I think that was like the, the hockey stadium or something. But anyway, it was a stadium. And uh, a, a friend of mine, you know, he was, uh, we had ROTC class together. And for some reason, he invited me. He's like, hey, I got extra tickets. You know, you want to go? I'm like, oh, heck yeah. And, you know. You didn't know what you were getting into? I did not know what I was getting into, man. <laughs> there was, um, I remember who was on that bill, too. It was like Trivium played. And that was back when their, um, I think it was Shogun. It was Shogun or, or whatever album had Down From The Sky on it. And, you know, that was sick. Trivium was sick. I remember they said, fuck the Steelers, because that's when the the Cardinals lost the Super Bowl. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And the whole stadium was like, yeah. Fuck the Steelers. Yeah, fuck the Steelers. (laughs) Oh, sorry, Pittsburgh. Not. But, uh, yeah, so Trivium was sick. Then they had Coheed and Cambria. Uh, The only song anyone ever cared about from them was Welcome Home. And then and then Slipknot came on and holy shit, what a contrast! And you know I just lost my mind. I I head banged for like the whole show. Yeah, man. My neck was sore. I lost my <laughs> I lost my voice for a week, <laughs> a week, and that has never been replicated since. And yeah, Slipknot was what got me into into metal. It was the live show then. It was the live show. I always yeah, dude, tell people that like that's how it was for me. Yeah, the, the live show changed me. Like yeah. going to see metal live. Like I didn't get it when I was listening to it. Like just on headphones or whatever. My brother would show me stuff like Black Dahlia Murder. He'd show me super heavy stuff, and it's like I don't know. They're just yelling the whole time. I don't. I don't understand. I don't get it. And then like, right. dude, I I go to a show. I think the first metal show I went to was 
It's called Gigantour. It was with Megadeth, uh, Children of Bodom, I think. Um, nice. Chopper Cowboy was there. Uh, there's five five bands that were like really big. Uh, I I forget the other two, but um, I remember going there and, dude, it was it was like a grass field for the stage. It was Mesa Amphitheater. Oh but yeah. It was yeah. like raining the whole time. It was like drizzling the mm-hmm. whole time. Not enough to stop the concert, but enough to make a huge mud pit for the mosh pit. <laughs> it was nice. insane, dude. For some reason, I was wearing a yellow shirt, so I was just the target in the mosh pit. Everyone was wearing black but me. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I was just this this young kid. I was probably he's like, wearing the wrong color. Dude, Get yeah, him! I was probably like seventeen. It's probably like seventeen. I was wearing a yellow shirt, just running around in the mosh pit. Like, we don't ah, like your colored like t-shirts around show, here. Dude. I was going crazy. Like it was it was the coolest shit in the world. Right, yeah. I remember I tried to run out of the mosh pit, jumped, and somebody fell in front of me as I jumped and my feet caught him in the ribs. Like I'm I kicked him hard. <laughs> I know I did, dude. I jumped out of the mosh pit and kicked this dude. Like he was on the ground. <laughs> and I face planted. I just face in the mud. Just boom. My yellow shirt Ooh. was now brown. It's just my face was covered in mud. I was like, oh. it cl- remember, closer to black. Yeah. <laughs> it was uh, it was pretty fun. I remember this huge dude just picking me up out of the mud. Yeah, dude, that was dope. And he like, <laughs> like fist pounded me. It's like, all right. It's always like the biggest dudes in the pit that happen yeah, to be like man. the nicest. Dude, he must have weighed like three hundred pounds. That guy was crazy. Yeah. Uh, yeah, man. That that live experience is like what really like opens up your mind and your soul to to receive it all you know dude and dude the first time i went and saw an actual like heavy metal show like death metal mm-hmm. it was black dahlia murder was headlining with uh um as blood runs black nice and white chapel dude Damn. It, was, it was a fucking crazy show it was so cool That's and the venue solid. was tiny Everybody was packed in there, and it was just so intense. Everybody just jumping around. It was it was going crazy. And oh, uh, Flesh God Apocalypse, they were there too. Damn, just the loudest metal band you've ever heard in your life. Flesh God Apocalypse is insane, dude. They are I love insane. those guys. Italian opera metal, like, <laughs> and, <laughs> dude. They came out in like tuxedos, face painted like zombies. They were crazy. And oh man, their set was insane. But I remember after the show, me and my buddies, we like ran around back. We like ran around to the back where the buses were. We just like kind of like ran into the gate and just started trying to find band members. And we uh we saw Flesh God Apocalypse. They're like they're like trying to pack up their trailer, but they're all arguing in Italian. They're like yelling at each other in Italian. <laughs> <laughs> and we walked up, and my buddy came and walked up. He walks up and he's like, "Hey man, can we guys can we get a picture with you guys?" <laughs> They're like, "Yeah, sure." They all start talking English all of a sudden, and then <laughs> they just turn to us like, "We all get a picture." It's on Facebook somewhere. I gotta find it. That's but, cool. Yeah, I got a picture with Flesh God Apocalypse. That's gnarly. But uh, yeah, we met the bass player for uh, Black Dahlia Murder. I don't think he's a bass player anymore, but um. It was, it's kind of funny. My my buddy, he brought an eighth of weed with him. 
because <laughs> he wanted to smoke with Black Dahlia. Yeah. He's like, we're going to find him after the show, and we're going to smoke with him. I was like, okay. <laughs> so we go, and we try to find him. That's why we busted back to the to the back after the show to try to find Black Dahlia so we could smoke weed with him. Yeah. It was only the bass player standing there by the bus smoking a cigarette. We were talking with him, and we we were just chilling with him, telling him the show was cool, and my friend, like, takes the weed and just straight up gives it to him and says, like, hey, man, we we're going to smoke this with you. Like, you you want to smoke it? And he's, oh, man, we don't really have time right now. Like, we got to pack up and, and go. And he literally just handed it to him. He's like, all right, well, you can take it for the road then. <laughs> I'm just like, why did you do that? <laughs> you yeah. just fucking give this guy weed for just because he played a show? Like. Come on. Yeah, I mean, like, if, if I was in that band and, and, and someone did that, I'd be like, that's awesome. But I would like, almost feel inclined to say, no, you need to hold would, on to that. Yeah. Seriously, I, I don't know. He, he probably, I think we were like 18. Jeez. Probably should have just fucking not accepted it. But right, yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know who the bass player was at the time. I would have to look up the name, but it was, it was pretty funny. I just thought it was funny that he just handed his weed away like that. Right? Like, <laughs> dang. That's one way to say thank you for a performance. Yeah, seriously, <laughs> you already paid money for the ticket, man. Yeah. The, we're not worthy. <laughs> and, yeah, dude, like, it's just, that, that live experience is something that people that aren't into metal need to experience. All right, so if you don't understand the metal vocals, all right, if you don't get why people scream into microphones for metal, go to a metal show. You'll understand. Yep. <laughs> and I would think that, like, man, if you can, if you can at least listen to Beastie Boys, you could, you could probably dip your foot into some metals. <laughs> Beastie Boys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, you know, yeah, like sabotage. I saw I saw a video where they were on uh, SNL, and and they played sabotage, and holy shit, it was awesome. But it's like, man, like he, he that dude had some pipes on him, like man, to sabotage, and it's like he's projecting pretty fucking loud, you know. <laughs> and it's like if you can handle that, you could you could dip your toes into some metal. But <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like a. Rage Against the Machine, um, System of a Down. If you like any of those bands, like Slipknot, if you like any of those bands, like ask 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 some people uh, if there's anything harder that's like comparable. You know, it's it's honestly like it's just a matter of going to the show and seeing some intense metal band. Like once yeah. you see them live, you'll be able to listen to them on a CD. But yeah. Like, yeah, hundred percent. Listening to metal before I heard it live, I just didn't understand it. I didn't get it. Mm-hmm. Once I saw them playing on a stage, seeing a metal band on a stage is like, oh, oh shit! Like being in the show, you're like, whoa, this is what it's supposed. What you're supposed to get out of the recording, like yeah. this is what you're supposed to hear, what you're supposed to feel. Like yep. now I get it. Now I can listen to metal. Cool. Like, <laughs> yeah. Maybe maybe that's. Why I have to go to a dubstep show. Like I hate dubstep. Oh man. <laughs> like I don't know. I maybe I need to go to a jazz concert. <laughs> no, you, you know what? I'm not sure, dude. 
in, interestingly enough, I, I saw a, um, a jazz band play, uh, recently, uh, forgot what the place was called. And it's like some, some like blues, blues club place on like near 59th Avenue and Bell. It's like by White Dove, I think, or something like that. I forgot, but like it was just these old timers playing some blues, you know, and and the vocalist was this this cool cat, like eighty year old black dude, and and they sing like this, and you know, talking about like <laughs> hell yeah, like you know, talking about womanizing chicks or whatever. Like they they sang this song that was fucking hilarious because it was the the content was basically this guy that was seeing this married woman and he's telling the husband like hey man your woman's no good she's cheating on both of us (laughs) (laughs) that's good that's a good song yeah but to like it was cool man it was really cool I, i appreciated seeing that jazz performance uh that was really cool really chill and um i've also been getting i've been getting into electronic music actually lately I mean, you already know, but like, hey, yeah, that's cool. I'd love to see, uh, you know, some kind of electronic show. Yeah, that'd be cool to see it, like a really heavy one. Yeah, man. They don't really exist here in the States, though, much. Dude, yeah, I, I heard that, like, the big electronic music scene is, like, actually in the UK. Yeah. It's, like, it's, it's so different over there. Yeah, the US is kind of weird. Yeah. Yeah, the, one of the oh, guys well, hopefully that live shows are coming back soon, though. I mean, they are coming, and back they are. Now, yeah, be good to go see more metal bands. I need to see the metal scene get bigger. Yeah, yeah, it's always good to see the metal scene just just grow. And God damn it, and I just I just want to play for the metal scene, man. I want to deliver. We'll get you there. We'll get you there. I need to deliver <laughs> unrelenting double bass i just i need a power to power everything with with extreme double bass we will yeah i'll help you yes <laughs> all right we'll be going we we've been going for almost an hour and 20 minutes nice but, uh, nice i think we should probably wrap it up now wrap it up like a christmas present yeah we don't want to go on too long we're probably boring the shit out of some people but i'm sure you'll be on again in the future when Argonauts making millions, right? Most definitely. <laughs> but uh, if we're making millions, then well, we'll probably all be dead by then. Not <laughs> just yeah. <laughs> artists that make money are dead ones, right? Yeah, right. Yeah, oh, that's well. what it takes. No, yeah. but heck yeah, man. All right, well, it's good talking with you, man. Hope it. Uh, Likewise. Hope we get you drumming soon. Hope we can get you into a a band or maybe just a church. <laughs> oh man yeah that, that's a whole another subject guys yeah we need to get you a job drumming you S- you're, some violent you worship it. just deserve it that's all oh thanks man <laughs>